On Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Three minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Breakfast powered by Kubota for over 40 years. They've been making tomorrow matter shaping and building Australia together. Our number, if you want to call us, one 736 736 This hour is a big hour, Bix. We have our nomination for the good stuff very soon. We're also going to be speaking to the Phantom uh, to talk about BBL Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL, play your way at supercoach.com.au. We had a brief chat about it last week and looked at some bargains. Um, Hopefully, we can pick a bargain as the BBL approaches. A shout-out to the Adelaide Strikers as well for making the WBBL final, getting to host that at Adelaide Oval, Mm -hmm. which is going to be brilliant. Let's hope they can go back-to-back. All right, let's find out the five things that you learned from the weekend. Mark Bickley's Five Things I Learned. Okay, let's kick off with number five. Min Woo Lee, the 25-year-old Australian, is the next big thing in Australian golf, if he isn't already. He had a breakout win in the Australian PGA Championships uh, with a score of 20 under, if you don't mind. Now, he went into the day three strokes up, but uh, within two holes, he was even, so he was challenged. But he was able to pull away, uh, including a, a very important moment where he hold a chip for Eagle on the par 5 ninth. Getting it chasing out, though, feeding up to the flag in for Eagle! Min Woo Lee. A big, big statement at the halfway mark. But he taps in for a win to remember. He's a special talent. Min Woo Lee, for the first time, is the... 40 net Australian PGA champion. There you go. So a pretty talented family, mm, of course. Definitely. Uh, his sister is a golfing superstar as well. Now, the fourth thing I learned, Adelaide United had a great win, 3-1 win over Western United. That was uh, played in Ballarat. So rather different environment where it was... We can be honest. There were three people there. It was an outside, sort of not really any stands around the place. It was Yeah, uh, Western, Western United don't really have a home yet. They are building their home at the moment, but they are playing a fair few games uh, in regional Victoria as well. Mm. So it was different looking. So there were, you could hear the players talking on the, on yep. the pitch. Uh, but what we saw was a return to the free-scoring Adelaide United of early in the season. Now, not just... The scoreline 3-1, but they created another three or four really good chances as well. So uh, it was really good to see them back in winning form, back creating chances, and uh, but for a few really good saves. Could have been 5 or 6-1. A few interesting talking points from that too, and we, we can talk about the women's game in a moment as well. Um, Javi Lopez wasn't even in the squad again, so he hasn't been selected for Adelaide United this season. We're talking about... Uh, foreign player, former captain of a La Liga side and just isn't making the team. So that's mm. interesting to note. Or some lightning just strikes outside Studio Loom. Oh my goodness, I'm very scared at the moment, Bix. Um, the other thing which is worth noting is the pitch condition of Suncorp Stadium where the women played on the weekend yeah. against Brisbane. It was below par. 
and there was a men's game there as well. And there's been a statement from the Professional Footballers Association saying this is just a standard that shouldn't be acceptable for professional sport. Considering Brisbane are preparing to get ready for games in a, a few years' time, and they make sure the pitch is in tip-top condition for other sports, I think it's time that football was probably taken a little bit more seriously, considering the impact the Matildas have had in 2023. Um it's, it's really, really poor. So it was a, a draw for our women's team, a win for the men's team, but still some talking points from those games. Okay. I, the third thing that I learned across the weekend had to do with the Velo 500. Not so much the race, but the after-race entertainment. Robbie Williams mentioned that I was there with the 50,000 others. He is among the world's best entertainers right now. He was sensational. We left the crowd... Uh, very satisfied, I think. Well, certainly the people around me. What was his best song, Bix? His best song. This this is going to be controversial. But I think his, uh, two of the songs that got the biggest reception were in the encore he did John Farnham, You're the Voice. He did a cover of that. Okay. And also it, w- it was not dissimilar to the documentary series that's been going. He sort of... As he sung his set, he he spoke about his life experiences and he talked about leaving Take That and he went to Glastonbury Music Festival and he got mixed up with Oasis. Right. And so he sung Don't Look Back in Anger uh, as a cover and that went off like a frog in a sock. It was, it's a great sing along sort of song. So that was good, but always. Did he get the city right? Because in Melbourne, he called them Sydney. No, no, he definitely got the Adelaide bit right. That's good. um, He's learned his lesson. So that was good. But but here's the point. So he was absolutely fantastic. He's going to be a hard act to follow because after the race finished at whatever time, 5.30, Robbie didn't come on till 8.30 or just after. So whilst everyone's sitting around on the oval, I went for a bit of a walk. There were thousands of people Mm. Pouring in now. I know uh, some friends from school, some of Tori's friends, the, the mums. There would have been six or eight of them that just rocked up at seven o'clock. There were my daughter and her friend. They sort of came for the back end of the race, but they're not interested in the race. They were there for Robbie Williams. It made me think. In the absence of Robbie next year, it's going to be hard to match that attendance. So, I, I think you could comfortably say ten percent. So there's two hundred sixty thousand people over the weekend. There would have been. 30,000 comfortably that bought a ticket yeah. to go watch Robbie Williams. So take that out. You know, that, that, that's a big hole to fill, isn't it? So the, the, you've, they've created this problem now where you have to come up with a massive world-class act to, to actually keep sort of that standard of, of um, entertainment there to keep that 10% of, of people coming along. So they had the killers, massive tick. They had Robbie Williams. Who's a big enough act to be able to follow that? Mm. Now, some people are suggesting Coldplay are in Australia around this time next year, but a Coldplay going to play a big concert where people can get in for 80 bucks? Like, what's a Coldplay ticket normally? Yeah, I, I think Coldplay, well, I don't know. It depends what we're prepared to pay to get Coldplay here, but that would sell out in record pace. But, but Robbie Williams would have sold out. Yeah. Like, if Robbie Williams played Adelaide Oval, you would, still, you would have had – Massive numbers there. So I just wonder whether they can – what I'm saying is it is a great thing they're able to get Robbie Williams and the Killers and they're getting these great acts, but you have to keep getting them now because that has been subsidising the numbers – not subsidising, but bolstering the numbers uh, of the race uh, attendance. Okay, second thing I learned across the weekend, 
the AFLW uh, final series been phenomenal. Every game's been uh, won or lost by under a goal. Crows were desperately unlucky. Lost one game for the the minor round, nine and one, and then of course uh, lost two finals by under a kick on the weekend. One point, first round of the finals, lost by two points. Uh, and then you go back to the game they lost during the year to Brisbane and they lost by a couple of points there. So they lost three games for the year for a combined total of five points. Yep. That is desperately unlucky. But they will be feeling that, that this year has been a wasted season after dominating the home and away and not making the grand final. The top four is so tight. First and second did not make the grand final. It's going to be a, a playoff between third and fourth, which is going to be hosted by Brisbane against the Kangaroos. And the final thing, that I learned across the weekend was the Velo 500. Great event, well executed. The drivers, they support the event, the sponsorship, everything they do, great TV coverage. But unfortunately for Adelaide, this was billed as being the championship playoff. Shane Van Gisbergen versus uh, Brody Kostecki. Turn one, or no, it was about turn four. Uh, Van Gisbergen crashes out. Championships decided the whole weekend <laughs> blown out of the water. So uh, the the Adelaide uh, sort of festival of racing was robbed of a thrilling championship showdown, which it was billed literally after 30 seconds. What did you learn from the weekend? Do you agree with Mark Bickley? 0427 154 166. You can send us a text. We're looking out Studio Lumo's windows at the moment. Lightning, listening to thunder. It's chaos. Please be safe on Adelaide's roads. We're back after this with the good stuff.